Welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have our first new update of the new year, and we are going out searching for legends. And with me today, I actually have a legend. So joining me today, I have Chalk Muju. Muju, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. We were dealing with some technical issues, so it's, it feels like a, a second run, and it just wasn't <laughs> as as awesome as the first run goes. But uh. that's okay. That's how that's how podcasting works sometimes. Um, so, but yeah, I wanted to bring you on because of all the different legends and stuff that I I think I know out in the Sea of Thieves. Um, you're one of the ones that I really love to see what you do because you actually are in the game. But you're in a game in the sense that you actually made a ship to commemorate the first anniversary of Rare and Sea of Thieves. And with help from the community, managed to get this full ship. Like, how big is this ship? How big is it normally? The ship is pretty big. So you're looking at about um, the box that it went in was a two foot by two foot box. So it, it's a little under two feet in, in length and height, but not by a whole lot. So it's it's a pretty big model kit. It's it's the biggest model kit that I've currently worked with is that particular that particular body style. Okay. And how how soon did you have to get it too rare when you had finished making it? It had two weeks. So basically, by the time I started, I I had a month. So I had two weeks to build a ship that would normally take me five to six weeks. Um, and then I, I knew I had to have it done at least two weeks in advance for it to get there. And, and as it as it stood, it arrived, I believe, on the actual anniversary day. So it, it just eked in there in time. It was tight. And, it was really tight. And that took quite a bit of... of effort and community support to actually get the the shipping from L, from like California all the way over to Twycross in the UK. So yeah. how much was the shipping for that? It was $800. So I I knew it was going to be pricey because I knew the box was going to be big. Um but I thought, you know, like I could pack it They'll, they'll be away and when I went down that morning to actually send it and the the book of um, sentiments that kind of went along with it um, they they basically just hit me with you know no you can't pack it we have to pack it we have to do all this it's got to be insured up the wazoo and it's it's going to run you eight hundred dollars and so I kind of walked away with the ship and sat in my car and I called every other company in the area to see if like what everybody else's rates were. I'm like, okay, at this point I knew the size of the box. I knew the weight of, of the ship and I knew where it was going. So I'm like, okay, this is what I've got. How, how much is it going to cost? And everyone came back with, you know, anywhere from between 800 to, to like $1,500. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. I, you know, at that point, I, I hadn't been teaching for a little while, so it was like I, I didn't really have, you know, shy of a grand. Um, so yeah, I came home and immediately just kind of went to, you know, the the community and Twitter, and I think it took 20 minutes. Um, within 20 wow. minutes, the entirety of of what was needed to send it. Um, 
got sent through to my PayPal and I was able to turn around and go right back in and, and have it shipped. Um, so it was pretty amazing. Yeah, there's no way it would have actually made it to Rare headquarters without the participation of a lot of people. So not only was it like 50 some odd people that participated in, you know, filling out the sentiments and thoughts in the book that went along with the ship, but on top of that, you know, there was there was a large community input to just get her there. So it really was, um, you know, a project that wouldn't have been able to happen without so many other people. Yeah, yeah. And that ship is now at the actual, or out of sea post, out in the ancient isles. Um, I, the finest sea post? I yep. think it's the finest one. Yeah, I can, yeah it's I'm the finest. trying to remember. It's the one where the girl always gets sick. Uh, and yes. Not to, to, to rock around. Um, so, yeah, it's there's a, a little model version of the Allegiant uh, on the back um, shelf of that, that sea post. So um, the reason why I wanted to bring you on uh, was because I wanted to talk about the legends of the seas. But first, you are a teacher. You, you do teach uh, on a regular basis. What, what kind of, because um, I know uh, Captain Jay from the Crow's Nest, he's a teacher. I know uh, Jeff Perez, uh, Pegleg Perez is, is a teacher mm -hmm. as well. I know a lot of history teachers that play yeah. Sea of Thieves <laughs> and coincidentally enough, all seem to really love pirates in history. So <laughs> you're in the same boat, not to, not to, to use a pun too much, but uh, you, you teach the same thing, right? Yeah, I do. Well, so for the longest time, I taught a self-contained sixth, seventh, and eighth grade class. So I taught um, primarily. I was I was the history and science instructor, as well as like PE and and health uh, and such. So yeah, mm -hmm. history is definitely like my two big passions are going to be history and science. Um, so yeah, and literature. And I love I love love books. Yeah, you actually have a, a Discord with a, an actual book of the the week or book kind of uh, uh, book of the month club. Well. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're in the process of selecting our next our next read. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's I think for Sea of Thieves, there's a lot to the game that appeals, you know, especially if you like history, because it's obviously it's not a direct representation of of piracy or you know the ships aren't you know directly reflective of of what they're actually were like, but there's enough of it that you get the feel. And and I remember when um, his my son and I played the game from day one. He's got the day one eye patch. We shared an account for a while. Um, and I remember in the, the very infancy of the game, sitting back at my desk while he was on our account playing with his friends. And, you know, it, it's kids and they're sitting there having conversations with each other about how to use the map and they're using nautical terminology and they're talking about tacking. And, and I've taught units on the age of sail. Um, and so for me, it was it was a moment to kind of geek out on the fact that, like, you know, I have to jump through hoops to make all this stuff interesting and, and really immersive. And then this video game comes out and it, it was a great tool for them to get firsthand experience in a lot of the stuff that I would have then, you know, had have gone into a class and, and talked about, but they were, you know, teaching each other this stuff through, through the gameplay. So, you know, I think video games for teachers that do play, um, there's a lot of games that pull you in like that. And you, you look at a subject that you know very well because you teach it and you're like, well, this would be a much, much more enjoyable and, and immersive way to go about learning it. Um, yeah. And you actually have a, a, a youth gaming program that you run 
uh, G for E that yes. you, ju you just actually closed up uh, a, a meeting today, but that's kind of centered around helping kids uh, become better acquainted with uh, how to actually stream and actually do social media, correct? Yeah, so we, we focus a lot on streaming and social media management. Um, we also just look at kind of video games in general. So sometimes I throw the kids a game that I know they're not going to like um, to try to get them out of that knee-jerk reaction of, well, this game is just horrible, or this game is bad. It's like, okay, well, why? Like, there's obviously something about it that didn't meet your needs, so let's tease that out. Like, what were the things that, you know, make you kind of want to react that way and, and get them to understand more about game design elements and how you as a consumer have particular needs um, and how games either fit that or don't fit that and then how to react in a way that is kind of polite and respectful when you meet a game that, that doesn't meet your needs as a gamer because it doesn't mean that the game's bad. It just means that it doesn't suit you as a player. Um, and the more that they can understand that, the better consumers that they can be as well as, you know, more conscientious community members. Um, so hopefully that kind of helps. And then, yeah, we, we work a lot on, on streaming because it's, it's a process. Um, you know, there's etiquette to learn and there's things to practice. And, you know, most kids don't get somebody there helping them through that learning process. So it, it can be kind of helpful to have um, somebody giving you pointers and tips and um, yeah, it gives you a different way to enter into it. Yeah, it's a it's it's funny because you know you look at when we were growing up, we always kind of modeled uh, our idols off of like celebrities and TV shows and just people around us, and we kind of you know the the people that we looked up to were kind of our guidance for that. Thanks to the the presence of Mixer and Twitch and other streaming services, there are big people out there that are available to anyone. There's not really any kind of age gating for most stuff. You can say that something's mature rated, but you know, if kids are smart enough, they can work around <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. So you start getting people idolizing the wrong type of attitude or not understanding yeah. that what, what someone else is doing is an act or a character or a front. And they may not actually act like that in real life. They're just trying to be entertaining for the sake of earning uh, income at that point. So I can see the value very much so in what you're doing because it helps kind of level the playing field and give an equilibrium to if, if you want to do this, there's nothing wrong with doing it, but you want to know what would be the the best way to come across and not get flack for something or not get your yeah. account banned or, you know, start getting into trouble with uh, actual laws that, that apply oh, to this. Absolutely. I mean, we, we had a couple sessions ago, we went through and read the terms of service for Twitch and Mixer. And, you know, that was definitely an interesting read and most people don't read it. Um, we do stream reviews or stream audits that I call them and we go through and we look at you know a streamers actual feed we tend to watch them live we go through their social media you know we're looking at branding and interaction and, and pulling everything apart um, and they've gotten really good it's it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that I think would have got their attention before now they look at it and it's like well you know this guy's attitude's really negative you know he's really toxic um he's obviously really trying to keep his viewership in here because he's running you know giveaways every five to ten minutes so the people that are here they're not here for him they're here for you know what they're getting that's free so it's neat to see them slowly start to pick up more and more on on the different trends that you see in streaming and seeing their um 
like what they value kind of change over time the more the more they kind of study what can be down uh with streaming so it's it, it's neat i i'm glad i have the opportunity to to teach gaming i think it's it, it's it's a different way to um teach some valuable lessons i think it's a, a great way to to show that there's just a a, a vast amount of stuff out there for kids to have access to and to have someone yeah. kind of guiding them along is is valuable i know like it you know if i was a kid in high school and i had a teacher reach out to me and actually approach me about gaming back when you know i was probably playing n64 games and spending hours and upon hours you know fighting someone in goldeneye it's like if i had someone telling me like okay well this is these are some games but there are other games out there like rpgs that you could be getting into i probably yeah. would have picked up so many other genres but now i'm so so hard set in my ways that it's like if it if it doesn't have action yeah. rpg i have a hard time wanting to to try it out and i and i have to get out of that comfort zone yeah. and i'm 37 now so it's like <laughs> i feel like i missed the boat on so many really good games because uh at, at at the time i was so just entrenched in my own my own like supporting what i liked kind of echo chamber for gaming yeah absolutely so that's why i love i mean i, I love game pass just for that as we i can download different things and we can walk into class and be like okay today we're playing this um like today we we tested out minute which is currently in game pass and it's you know kind of that 8-bit style and it plays in 60 second increments and it's definitely not for everybody my my son did not like it um but he wouldn't have ever tried it on his own you know so yeah getting yeah, that exposure like one of the games that one of my other students is playing is another one that he just he wouldn't have downloaded but he's been coming back to it every session um so it's a definitely a game that he now wants to complete like he he enjoyed it when we tested it um and so now he's kind of wanting to see how it progresses you know through to completion so it yeah had had it not been thrown in front of him he wouldn't have necessarily played it um so yeah exposure exposure can be huge yeah yeah, that's one of the things I, I really value with the Game Pass. I think it's it's done a great job in giving me the opportunity to play games that I probably wouldn't have spent $60 on just yeah. based on the little bit of information that I've heard about it. And that's that's speaking as someone who's actually been uh, you know trying to keep up on podcasts for multiple consoles and, and news and stuff like that. And there's still like somewhere I'm like, nah, I wouldn't try that. But then it comes on Game Pass. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, right? this was yeah. this was really cool. This, I, I had a yeah. good experience. Yeah, I, I feel the same way with Game Pass. It's 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 a great way to try out some really neat little games. I've I've played a few that I'm I'm really happy that I stumbled across because yeah, you know, it if you have to pay the money for it, like I've walked away from even games that are like thirty dollars. It's like yeah, no, but when they're free and you can just download them and try them, then you get sucked in. It's like okay, I'm glad I played this. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, of playing stuff, we got a new patch on Sea of Thieves, Legends of the Sea. Uh, we talked about the Allegiant. Um, have you had a chance to really dive into this yet? I know it's it's only a few days yet in. I've I've got to play it a little bit. Have you gotten a chance to to try out any of the um, different uh, uh, legends and go hunting for uh, different things? Yeah, I haven't got to play too much of it, so I'm definitely not one of those people that's that's got like all the accommodations knocked out already. Um, I got to do a little bit of 
the legend hunting um, with my father during stream this week and um, got to walk around and do, you know, the new NPC conversations to kind of see what's changed. Um, I, I definitely am intrigued by this update. I feel like a lot is being hinted at. Um, you know, things, oh, totally. things are definitely progressing and in a... In questionable a, manner yeah yeah i definitely feel like we're doing things that we probably shouldn't be doing but you know it pays out well so let's just keep doing it um yeah exactly uh so let's let's talk about it let's let's jump right <laughs> in don't beat around the bush uh the the mass stranger is out at reaper's hideout yeah and she's requesting three things that she'll pay out well for uh villainous skulls whether they're uh ashen or not uh she's also asking for crates of silk and she's also asking for um, captain's chests, yeah. which I, I, I'm honestly, I'm not sure about the captain's chests other than just gold at this point. But um, yeah, we, we've been delivering crates of bones to her. We've been delivering yeah. um, ancient dark relics. We, we're, we're basically funding her her kickstarter for flameheart oh yeah at, at this point oh like, yes right <laughs> there's no there's no question about it no yeah yeah it's uh and just as that excavation site gets more and more progressed in its excavation it it, it becomes clear that it it doesn't have anything to do with us <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. it's not a fleshy site um yeah so yeah i i'm really intrigued about how Flameheart's going to come back as a, a nemesis within the game. Like, how is that going to play out? Um, because it, so it is, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts uh, on Stitcher Jim. Because Stitcher Jim, he was watching stuff while Duke was gone. <laughs> and Duke was gone. He came back has no knowledge of the note that was tacked on to every bar in, in, in the seas and thinks that finding Lorena is actually a pretty good idea at this point, uh, but he thinks he found the heart of flame. And I'm, I'm curious, how do you think, how do you think it's going to work out with, because the way I think about it, I feel like Duke went searching for something, he found it, and now he regrets finding it and can't remember how he found it. And Yeah, I have a lot... <sighs> Duke is a strange character for me in the game because I don't, I don't trust him at all. Uh, I, I never really have. But to me, he also sort of plays out as that kind of bumbling, charismatic idiot that like that like has this confidence and this bravo like bravos attitude and yet i don't know what do you say like but then doesn't have the wherewithal to not get himself into really bad situations so he ends up sort of being a pawn so i don't necessarily know that i feel like duke is hardcore evil because i know a lot of people are like well duke's flameheart that's that's it like yeah. I, I, f I feel more like the way he's being written is he is more a, a pawn um, that's being played. He feels like a, 
He yeah, feels like, he, he feels like a catalyst. Yes, for sure. yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely get that feeling that he, he went on his journey. He found something that he wasn't really happy with, and now he's back, and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. He, <laughs> no, so we're got good. Some, <laughs> Little little bit of repression. He's like, you know what? I had some scrapes, once bitten, twice shy. It's okay. I, I don't need to get into this right now. But um in in speaking of uh Duke the Dark Lord being back, uh Stitcher Jim is surprisingly missing. Which and is never a good thing. No, yeah. When the when the guy that tries to kill an entire fleet, uh, uh, who's taken over stuff and says everything's going to be okay, and he has a new love, and that new love is building a fort out in uh-huh. the middle of the ocean. Oh yeah, no. And asking, yeah, it's, you know, it's not good. So it's all kinds of bad. I <laughs> I have a feeling somewhere Stitcher Jim is tied up to some sort of sacrificial altar, <laughs> and oh my God. he is. <laughs> He is going to be, he's going to be the bumbling idiot that gets us all in trouble and causes Flameheart to come back because there's something I, and it's funny too, because uh, Reaper's hideout back when it was just I-13. Yeah. I, we, we kind of saw the, the, the light inklings that someone had been messing around there. Yes. Yeah. And, and at that point it was like, that's where Flameheart is. That's there's a tunnel down in there there's a cave system with a chalice and that chalice is going to be what brings back flameheart right and i've and i've felt like i felt like that for a long time and the more and more we <laughs> we get to the situation where this mass stranger who has access to wanda's workshop and is mixing concoctions the way that Wanda did, mm-hmm. it is becoming far more apparent that there is going to be a point where she is going to bring back Flameheart. And it's, it's, it, it makes me think that Mike Chapman has been sitting down and watching Ghostbusters 2 so long <laughs> that he feels like he needs a child sacrifice <laughs> to bring back Vigo. And that at some point we're going to get Vigo back in the form of Flameheart and Stitcher Jim is the baby. And that's, you that's, know, that's my current we'd, theory. We'd finally be rid of Stitcher Jim though, wouldn't we? I mean, the, <laughs> in one, he's not in the, one sense. He's, he's, I mean, uh, we're, we're, he's, he's an opportunist. He's an opportunist, he, but. I don't know if you've watched The Witcher, but there's this great line uh, from the books that they pulled and put into the series about how Geralt doesn't tell the difference between lesser evil and greater evil. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is in the same boat. Like we're getting rid of Stitcher Jim, but we're getting Flameheart. Oh yeah, is that- no, no. Oh no, no, no. You would rather have Stitcher Jim than Flameheart, by all means. Stitcher Jim's that just annoying, creepy dude that you want to like shower off of you. And Flameheart's potentially like, you know, doom and apocalyptic. So yeah, not on the same level. <laughs> not on the yeah. same level at all. Oh, so here's a here's a um, I'll toss an idea out to you, just popped in my head. What if Captain Flameheart makes a return and he's got a fleet and he's got a fort and all this good jazz, and we're having a heck of a time fighting him and the only thing that can actually defeat him is the is the the uh the fleet of the grand maritime union see that somehow makes it in yeah see because i was really curious because they definitely hinted very much that the grand maritime union is coming um yep and 
and then all of a sudden we got hit with Flameheart. And so I was a little like, we'll kill, wait a second, because this felt like it was the next thing on the docket. And now all of a sudden this is here. Like we're, we're obviously dealing, mm-hmm. it's like the Flameheart door has been opened. Like we're, we're dealing with this. This update definitely furthers that, like things aren't slowing down any. With the amount of dead bodies we've brought that woman, um, she certainly could be raising a fleet. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that we could be seeing a whole new a whole new level of skelly ship involvement um yeah that that absolutely could it absolutely could be you know a way to bring in this whole other faction um which should be interesting because i I think that one has the chance of being you know a fairly ominous presence in the sea of thieves as well um yeah It, it would be the introduction of a large fleet of ships trying to 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 wrestle control away from yeah. the merchant alliance which up until the point has been a very accommodating faction for us yeah, and it's probably been the it, it most kinda... benign of of the of the factions <laughs> like you know they're not out there sucking souls out of people's heads and they're not you know I... turning into giant golden monsters so I mean, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to say that, yeah, they are pretty benign, but they're forcing us to go to places like Crooked Masts to get a bunch of snakes. <laughs> and they want they want all these giant mega kegs. What are they doing with the mega kegs? Like, yeah, well, where, okay. where are those going? Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to push back a little bit. I mean, I've given them a, a fair amount of, of crates of cannonballs oh, for some like reason. Oh, they like explosives. They do like their explosives, but so do I. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not evil. I don't think I'm evil. Maybe I'm evil. <laughs> how many ships have you sunk on the seas? Where's where's your year in review? Let's, oh, let's take a so, look and see oh, how no, evil it's, you are. It's, I'm not. I'm so not. I think it's like 72. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Everybody else's stats are like in the hundreds. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> We get sunk. It's so, we get sunk it's, so much more than we think, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard when most of your friends on Sea of Thieves are streamers and have all this time to to be able to play, and you look at their stats and you're just like, oh, I I give up. I'm I'm just gonna pretend well, like I actually play the game because apparently just, I don't. And I'm just not a PvP player. Like I I'll get into fights when it happens, but I'm never that. My dad's the one that will start stuff. I don't like I'm <laughs> I'm like yeah whatever like they're shooting at me it could still turn positive my dad's like yeah no <laughs> like okay sure. oh man <laughs> that reminds me of of any time I've seen Andy and Shelly play together like a- Andy is very much so the the role playing like trickster and <laughs> Shelly is very much the the peacemaker yeah so it's it's really funny <laughs> to see those two get together yeah that, that can be me and my dad sometimes we sail it was like two weeks ago we're sailing through we've got our offer alliance flag up I'm like dad we've got our offer alliance flag up as he's sending a cannonball over the top of somebody's ship he's like I'm not shooting at them I'm like you literally just shot at them he's like I shot over them like that's not that much of a difference, Dad. Not that much of a difference. I love you. He's he would be so much happier. Yeah. So like I I try nowadays to like let him go a little more often because yeah, I hold him back. I hold him back. <laughs> he wants to be that yeah, bloodthirsty pirate funny. more often, and, and I get in the way. Oh, that's- 
That's too funny. Yeah, I, I love that. I definitely have times. I, I, f I find the more friends I have that I'm playing with on the seas, the more carefree and cutthroat I get. Uh, yeah. I, I'm more much more cavalier about going and trying to murder people when I'm with more people. <sighs> as soon as I'm alone, I'm like, no, I can't handle this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just going to. I'm gonna sail around and yeah, trick them. Yeah, you get a lot more, a lot more conservative. Um, no, my son's just bloodthirsty. You put him on a ship, and everybody's going down. If he can see your sails, you're doomed. <laughs> like it's that's, that's <laughs> it. You're you're not gonna survive. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So um, with the update, we we kind of touched on on what's going on over at Reaper's Hideout. But yeah, there is essentially a lot of work being put into turning that place into a fort using a lot of the wrecks that are up yeah. around the the actual island yeah it's uh, the killer fortified. whale is gone and yeah so that's th that eventuality will will definitely make some headway um in in the coming update and i have a feeling that we'll probably see we'll probably see the the culmination of all these this effort uh right around the time that the second anniversary rolls in i, I imagine that that'll probably be when we I, when we see it happen i could see yeah i could see that being a big update um, it would make sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and have you picked a gilded voyage yet? No, I need to. I haven't either, and I, I, I've been holding off. I I've still, heard still have my gilded voyages from last year. Do you really? <laughs> I do. Oh wow! I know. Man. <laughs> you just been hanging on to it for yes, a rainy day. I'm just yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So now it'll That's, be another I mean, one that I can hold on to. I'll just all my whole my whole inventory is just going to be like, well, I got gilded everything. So how much time do you have? Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a really good charity stream if you ever wanted to. It like, would. Uh, it uh, would. We originally I was holding on to them because my son was really close to Pirate Legend and, and had some account issues. Um, so I was holding on to them for him, and then um, you know I, I used to join in to like Nafe Pacewell was doing a lot of a lot of loot stacking mm. to help people hit legends. So. I always thought, oh, still well, is. yeah, yeah, no, no, he definitely still is. His, his community has just gotten so huge. Um, so I always thought, like, well, I'll use those, you know, when I when I sail on one of his his efforts. But then I always land up on a ship that's got, like, an Athena's down. And then we just mm. do the Athena. So I, I have them. I definitely, I mean, I don't need them. I definitely am not chasing any of my Athena levels at all. Um, so I, def I think for me, I, I want to wait until I've got, a worthy cause for laying those down yeah definitely yeah that'd be a that'd be a good a good thing to uh if you ever wanted to boot up a stream and start doing a charity charity event that'd be yeah. a great way to incentivize um you know whoever donated the mo the most they get access to uh the turn in and uh just start pitting each other pitting viewers against each other who can donate the most so but um yeah, so if if anyone listening to this hasn't figured it out by now, we we have access to Gilded Voyages, something that I thought was actually missing during the the uh, holiday event, right. the gift giving event. I thought we were going to be getting Gilded Voyages, we didn't, and turns out it was just a, a little late. So you know, it's, it's like a present that you find behind the tree that <laughs> you didn't you forgot about, and you're like, oh hey, by the way, uh, the thing that you really wanted was actually just behind. <laughs> I stuck it and forgot. It's happy Merry Christmas. Uh. Sorry. So uh, those are available. Those will be available up until the next update. So whenever the, the next February update comes in, 
And to, to boot, anyone that logs in before the 22nd, uh, 4 p.m. GMT uh, on the 22nd, um, they actually get credit to Expo or uh, Sea of Thieves giving out new liveries uh, or at least new sales and an emote if i'm if i'm correct but yeah um yeah so sea of thieves hit 10 million players uh probably probably not all concurrent but uh as a result of hitting 10 min- 10 million player base uh they are giving away this x marks the spot x being the roman numeral for 10 x marks the spot sales and emote that as long as you log in to the game on your main account or any accounts that you have before the 22nd of january when the february update comes out you will actually receive those liveries and uh emotes and we it, it looks awesome what did you think of them? i love them i think they're great yeah they're they're beautiful yeah. i i love this idea that they're kind of giving new stuff and uh, i was actually you know now that i think about it um I was actually kind of wondering. We didn't uh, get a new charity sales this we have update. Not. No, we have not. I and was actually kind of wondering where that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went into uh, when the when the update came out. I went into the Pirate Emporium, and I bought the bundle, which is currently bugged and not rewarding all of the doubloons. So if you if you want to get that that bundle, hold off. Uh, hopefully, towards the end of the, the the month, they'll actually figure that out and fix that but um yeah I, I went in there thinking that we were going to get a new charity because everything yeah. always refreshes every month and there's no charity sales this month so i'm i'm not sure why they took down the special effect one if that's a legal thing that they just they can only offer it for a certain amount of time but i felt like they could have just left that one in yeah and, and let us Give more still, access to that. Right. Yeah. I kind of figured that they would kind of roll from one to another. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. I'm, I'm excited to see what other charities come in the future. I, I'm really happy that they started doing that. I know there's been, I, I know, like a year ago, I know I did um, concept art for a breast cancer ship. Um, I called the Phoenix and... Yeah, you know, because a lot of people yeah. at that point were were calling for that. You know, why can't we do? Why can't we have? You know, charity, charity. M- most of people, want, yeah, they wanted charity sales in the game. Um, so when they mm. finally announced that they were doing it, I was really excited. I think that's definitely you know a great way to continue kind of giving back to you know the community at large, um, while also yeah. providing you know something that everybody's been asking for for quite a while. So I'm I'm excited to see what else comes down the way. I'm I'm really glad Able Gamers was was featured i mean they're a great organization there's a lot more there's a lot more to do so we'll definitely see what what happens and then i've just been enjoying the latest set of liveries kind of in general um i feel like we went through a while there where i wasn't in love with them (laughs) i like People would people oh. would bark at me. They're like, "Why didn't you get any of this stuff?" I'm like, "Well, I haven't finished my combinations because I just get that set of sales, and I don't really want those." So, no. Yeah. Like the incentive wasn't there. Whereas the last few that they put out, um, you know, they're getting more intricate and more detailed, and I'm really loving. You know, whoever's whoever's doing this recent round of of ship liveries, they're doing a really good job. I'm liking your aesthetic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love the cameo stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it looks great. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I've been wanting the most out of the the liveries, and and I understand that there's some limitations around how they have to actually do this, but I, I've really wanted 
uh, something that's as intricate as the skeleton ships for uh, purchasable liveries. Like the, the, the ships, like the, the barnacle figurehead with the mermaid that mm-hmm. has the, the wood planks kind of tacked onto it mm-hmm. uh, mishappenly. Like I, I love the idea of drastically changing up the actual ship as opposed to just slapping a new color on the side and calling it good. Yeah, and I think it... Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that would be great. And and I've heard, you know, some people have talked about it in the past. We're like, well, what if we had, you know, two different options for the, you know, the terrapin over the back, the, you know, that canvas cover mm, for like the sloop. Yeah. So you could have this one or you could have that one or, you know, certain pre-selected damage or, you know, changing like the water line railing on the ship, um, you know, or even changing the sails, like, you know, do a preset. So like, yeah, I, w- I would like to fly these sails, but I want them to be tattered um yeah. so there could be a combination of of how things sit i'm sure it just makes it way more complicated um oh yeah but it sure. would be fantastic i mean you know everybody likes the customization <laughs> of of their ships i get yelled at all the time for my for my color choices which i think is funny because literally i build ships constantly but yeah in game apparently i run really ugly vessels so you know there it goes <laughs> i can build hey, pretty ships like- i can't sail on them <laughs> You you like what you like, and, and the the rest of the world be damned if they right? don't like it. Right. Uh, it's all that matters. Um, so yeah, there's a, a whole new line of uh, liveries that are available. I think the ones that are are in the actual game in the black market are called the aristocrat. Yes. Uh, ship liveries, which um, I love. I love the figurehead because the figurehead is the woman with the the dove uh, releasing it out and. That harkens back to the art book, which was one of the last few remaining figureheads that were uh, pre-concept artwork that they put in that no one had actually seen in the game. So it's like we're finally getting to the point two years after the game launch that everything that was in the art book as far as ship liveries has finally been released in some form or another. Now the question is, will we get all the ship models in? Oh man, I would love that. I would I would love to see different types of ships for the same ship crew. Uh, like if if year if year two goes down and we start year three and year three update comes out, the thing that I would love to see the most, more than new biomes, is different ship types for the same crew size yeah. and being able to change your ship in game without having to leave the session that you're in. That would be the, the, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I would love to be able to to jump into a party uh, where I've I know three of my buddies are in there and they've are they're they've been on a brig, and I want to join in, but they've got a ton of supplies and a ton of loot, and they don't want to take all the time to to dump all that and then leave it, lose it, just so that I can jump into a galleon with them. Like I would just love to be able to swap out the ship and join in on their crew, and yeah. having that ability would be amazing. Uh, so, but anyway, getting back to the aristocrat ship set, um, it's, it's a color I'm not too fond of, to be honest. <laughs> it's like rose gold. I, I can't stand it. Yeah. Color. I can't stand it. It's another yeah, one. I'm a big fan. No. So, no. but if you're but like, into that, then all like, for it. Yeah. I like the intricacy of the ship elements. Like I, yes, there's, there's an aesthetic to it that I like. I don't like the color palette. Everything else about it, I think, is is you know, is quite nice. They're moving in a much more detailed direction. Um, yeah. 
which you know I I enjoy. Um, I I think it's gonna allow for some really cool combinations on people's ships. I've seen some beautiful combinations on ships, um, and some of the stuff that they've pulled out in the last couple months that have you know kind of a basis in those cooler colors. They mix really well together. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not too surprised that they switched more you know kind of to a, a warmer color with this particular set, but yeah. Yeah, I would. I I still feel like uh, the way they're going about the cosmetics is is still. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the way that they're going about the colors for the cosmetics. I still feel like um, I would. I would prefer if all of the cosmetics in the game acted the same way that hair and dye systems do. So you, you could change you them. Yeah, you you buy a paint set and you you apply the paint set to the liveries that you have because those are your favorite liveries. You just aren't a fan of the colors, and you had more more uh, more agency right. with the actual colors per piece. Well, and I think if they ever really allow customizations of ships, that would be the easiest way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to be able to say like these are the set, these are the set liveries. This is how each color option or each die sits on those liveries so you could you could change things up you could you know you could pick this particular ship hole but have it be you know blue instead of of green or or whatever um yeah yeah i think that would be a a great way to increase customization um and also great because yeah there's 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 some beautiful detail work in, in the aristocrat um livery set i just the color will keep me from picking it up yeah, same here. I, yeah. I picked it up, but it's it's just a completionist thing at this point. Right. I I also love the idea. Um, I would love to have the ability to apply uh, variants of actual icons and or iconography to the to the actual sails and ship itself, similar to how there are tattoo and yeah. uh, uh, scar sets. Yeah, like we have all these different tattoo sets. No one I know uses any of the default tattoo sets. Um, I, I personally use the, the the swashbuckler one that has the the old Keelhaul logo on my back. But I, I I mean they have these these kind of mishmash of tattoos in the way that's set out. It's just a, a blanket skin that covers all of your character. It's not like you can right. kind of pull one out and piece it together. But even if they took that template of uh, having different shapes. And just being able to click on that shape and change the actual image on a on a ship sail. Oh it, yeah, I mean it, it would be cool with how the newer sail designs are coming up, and and even how I've you know done some of mine. You know, you you could have corner work and center work, and like it, it could be broken up into different fields on that sail, so you could pick. Well, I want you know, I want the fleur de lis here in the corners but i want you know the big skull whatever in the center and i want them to yeah. be tatted like yeah there, there's definitely ways that they can do it i think it's just a matter of how how difficult is that programming and, and what is it going to affect when you when you have that much variation um definitely but it would be unbelievably cool yeah i mean to be able to go yeah. in and have that much customization it'd be awesome there was a time uh, a while back where we actually you could take the pirate legend uh liveries or no it wasn't the it wasn't it was the athena liveries uh the hull and you could then put the kraken set over it right and you you got that that kind of iridescent black yeah yeah i remember that that was awesome yeah that was a that was a bug that i would pay for yeah and (laughs) 
it's it's something that I think uh, Rare could definitely you know add that to the list of wants from the community yeah. and be certain that everyone would probably get a real yeah, kick that out was, of it. That was a fun glitch. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's kind of nice looking. It was really pretty. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so with with the black market the the aristocrat ship set isn't the only thing that came in we also got some new weapons uh some mercenary instruments and some nightshine parrot weapons and clothing um i'm I'm, i love that they're still committed to putting out this much cosmetics each month um i i know it's a, a recolor and that's fairly insignificant to have to go in to do it's just a matter of programming in the different items and stuff and then recoloring but um how do you feel about the the recolor system for the different items? Um, I don't hate it. I I didn't like the parrot stuff when it came out. I I didn't purchase it. It wasn't it, to me. It was too bright. It was too vibrant. So when the nightshine came out, all of a sudden I did like the set. So I I have purchased a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, because like you were saying before, sometimes the set comes out and it's not it's not the physical design of it that you dislike. It's it's the color palette of it. And so for me, I. I definitely feel that with with the parrot um but i but i have to say like when it comes to sales yeah like i i've definitely felt some frustration with sales especially if they're in the the reaper family because i feel like a lot of them have just been you know a lot of the same thing um Mm -hmm. i do like you know when new styles come out and it's it's a completely new style i think that's I think it's great because it's something new and it's something different and it completely changes the feel and it gives you so many more options whereas just changing the color doesn't as much um you know i still like it but like the was it the um the kraken set yeah it just just got darker still didn't and i still didn't really like the stuff like it's like oh great you know yeah um so yeah like it's i I think it's the easiest way to maintain this monthly cycle. You know, I think you you'd be much harder pressed to do a completely new, you know, content every month. You know, to the to the yeah. great, to the extent that they have. So I understand why you've you've got to kind of do that reskin. Um, I think it's the easiest way to be able to make that monthly deadline and and still have some nice stuff. Like it, it's still pretty. Um, but yeah, I think eventually if if it continues to stay where we're just consistently getting things um reskinned you're definitely going to get people complaining about it i mean it's the same people complain about voyages essentially being reskinned um you know we want yeah. variation and, and difference so you know if if there's a nice mix of okay well here's you know we've done a recoloration of this set but we've also introduced you know two pieces of this new set well then that would be kind of cool because then you're like well here's this totally new thing that they're starting to kind of piece out and even if we don't get the entire set one month and it takes two or three months to kind of come down to us at least you know it's there and you know it's coming and you're excited like well i picked up the capstan and and the wheel this month but next month you're like what are the cannons going to look like and um yeah you know it allows to to build in a little more anticipation so I'm, I'm curious because I want to I want to throw this at you and, and kind of toss a curveball. Do you think that you would rather get rid of the 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 large amount of emote bundles that are coming in through the microtransactions and put that effort towards new cosmetics that are different physical types? <sighs> I think I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not a fan of the emotes. I right. I think I've Actually, purchased like one. 
maybe two. I don't use them. Um, but everybody, I'm going to push back and say you're the you're the perfect person <laughs> to ask because rare rare wants to know why people aren't buying them if if they aren't buying them. So please, like you you not buying them. Why? What? What about it? Is is the reason that you aren't invested in picking up the emote bundle? None of them are like the only emote I want. I want to be able to wave after I've fallen off a ship and I'm in the water. That's all I want. Like that, that's all I want. <laughs> that's all I feel like I'm really missing because <laughs> um, I do that a lot. I I don't. And maybe it's just it's the way you interact with other players. Like for me, that's a very audio experience. I'm talking to the people mm -hmm. that I'm playing with. I don't necessarily like I, you know, it's it's a it's a first person game. I'm not looking at my pirate. I'm not, yeah. You know, so to pull back and see this this graphic kind of go out where I'm I'm doing this emote. The only time I use an emote is when I want to take a picture. That's it. That's it for me personally. Yeah. Um, or I want to taunt somebody that's fallen off of my ship. That's it. I don't use anything else. <laughs> Where I mean, the other people that I know, then they're constantly blowing kisses, but they do that to piss me off. Um, or, you know, I, yeah, I just, if it was a third that's... person game, then I would totally mm -hmm. understand the emote. But to me, pulling myself out of that view to be in third person, to do the emote, I don't like it. So I don't buy them. Uh, I don't use them. So here's a uh, here's a, a good um, here's a, a good thing that I would so okay so you don't like pulling out a third person because you enjoy the the immersion that comes with the first person perspective which yeah. at at you know listening I went I started listening back to the original um, podcast that Rare put out the Tavern Talk stuff and that was something that Mike Chapman has spoken directly to you know three years, four years ago, that that was a, a core element of why they wanted to go first person is they wanted to keep that immersion. Right. Rare has now decided that they are going to be releasing microtransactions that enhance the ability to pull back out of the, the first person perspective. So how important is we, we've spent a lot of time talking about cosmetics and how we want to have more agency and variance with the cosmetics. How do you feel about having clothing cosmetics that are colors that you you would have to use an emote to be able to see your pirate? And like like we're I'm, I'm seeing two heads butting against each other where you want to have customizations, you want to have um, uh, uh, stuff that you'd like to see on your pirate and on your ship, but you don't like buying emotes that uh, bring more interactivity with in, in a physical form to be able to see your pirate doing stuff. Give me camera mode. Give me picture mode. Boom. Thank you. That's like, that's all I urgh. want. Yeah. Out of the park, nailed it. That's yeah. what I want. That's what I was hoping you were gonna yeah. go for. Yeah, no, I want a camera mode. Yeah, um, I would love a camera mode. I think that would be fantastic. Um, and who knows, yeah. if I had a camera mode, I might actually use more emotes. Um, it it changes, you know, having that increase in control of camera angle, depth of field, all of that. Uh, it changes your interaction with your screenshot and allows you to do more like positioning and stuff but yeah i i would i would much rather have that than anything i don't need yeah. i don't need 10 new emotes every month if you gave me camera mode i'd be happy <laughs> so um kind of kind of getting back into the into the update um there are a lot of new 
emote bundles. There's the Sovereign yeah. emote, the Gold Hoarder emote, the Romance emote. <sighs> Those three bundles on top of having five pages that you can now configure for radials, uh, for, yeah. for emotes, which yeah. it's, it's, it's too starting. Much. So it's too much. <laughs> it, it's too much. One of the things that Rare prided themselves on when the game first came out was the intuitive nature of playing Sea of Thieves, how they didn't hold your hand for anything and you kind of work stuff out. Yeah. Now I feel like we're getting into the territory where they're 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 tacking on a lot of stuff as quality of life, but it is essentially hurting the the ease of coming into the game and understanding oh, stuff. Oh, the game is uh, really hard to come into. Um and, and I'm really happy that Maiden Voyage came out because I think that helps. But having now watched friends of mine who didn't play Sea of Thieves before Maiden Voyage play Maiden Voyage and watch them go through it, um, mm-hmm. even they're missing a lot of the content. Like I feel like those of us that have been immersed in the in the community for a long time, we go through and we're like, oh well, you know, you've got to get the journals and you got to do this and you got to do that, and and we know because we already know the game dynamics. But if you don't know and you're just coming into the game and you haven't researched Maiden Voyage, you're gonna go there, you're gonna talk to Ramsey, you're gonna go dig up your chest, you're maybe gonna do one thing with the tool and then you're going to get on your ship and you're going to leave and you're never going to have explored the rest of it or tried any of the rest of the dynamics that are there um because yeah, there's it's I... <laughs> yeah it's just you it's right it's it's very immersive and and that's why whenever i have a friend or you know you see somebody on twitter that's like i'm, I'm thinking about picking, kind of picking up sea of thieves it's like okay well find somebody to sail with you or if you're streaming it Find somebody who can sit in your chat because even that can make a difference. It's just sitting in a new person's chat and helping them out. Obviously, you know, you don't give them the answers, but, you know, I've watched people come near to tears because they can't figure something out. And it's like, if, if you're not yeah. there to be able to go like, okay, this is, hold on, breathe. This is what you got to do. Because um, there's so many moving pieces and it can be extremely yeah. intimidating. Um and you're in there with everybody. Like, it's you're getting bald yeah. while you're also, like... And it's hard because so it's many... It's true. Yeah, so many people now have taken to using the default livery as their um, as their aggressor livery that I feel like a lot of people now, where you used to run up on a ship that was in default and be like, hey, are you new? Do you need help? Now it's like you just start lobbying iron into them, um, assuming that they're not new and they don't need help and they're there to steal stuff. So I feel like that mm-hmm. almost sets up the newbies for an even harder situation because now you've got people gunning for them because that's become the new aggro skin, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've got a I've got a developer buddy of mine that I sail with regularly who uh, it, it's almost like his catchphrase, but he he constantly says that um, Sea of Thieves is his favorite game that he'll never recommend to people. Uh, <laughs> And and it's and it's it kills me every time he says it because yeah. it's a game that I love. I love this game so much, and I want people to play it. But I run into the situation where I'm like, it's it's going to be really hard to recommend this to someone yeah. if they if if they don't have someone to guide them through it. Like yep. I, I want to be there to help. Like I had one of my other podcasting buddies. He quit the game because he got in, he, 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 something happened and sunk. And then he was like, Nope, that's it. I'm done. That's, and I'm like, ah, oh. I hear that so often. I mean, I run into that. So, Oh, I played that game once. Only once. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I got this and I got that. And then again, and then I rage quit. And it's like, Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. I mean, the good thing is, is the community, 
is, is largely wonderful about helping new people out, even if it's just sailing with somebody once or twice. Um, you know, I know when my friends that stream have, have tried out the game, I've definitely tried to like bring people in to, to even just sit and chat and help them. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's hard because I have, obviously I love this game. Um, but it's a hard one to come into. There are so many moving pieces. There's so much to learn. Some of it is very intuitive. Um, and some of it's not. Like, there's just so much now that, you know, people start off. And it's like, you're trying to figure out how to sail your ship. But then there's these clouds in the sky. And this thing just popped up out of the water next to you. And, oh, my God, there's a ship coming. And why does it have two sails when my ship has one? It's like... Oh yeah, 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 and and the like the the way the way the timing works every once in a while, you can get PVE to death and oh, yeah. and have no recourse. And yeah. if you're if you're like popping it on, like we we talked earlier about just trying out games. Sea of Thieves was the first game to come to Game Pass. That was a first party day one launch kind of thing. And if you don't know how to play the game and you pop it in and you go in solo and you don't know anyone. Yeah. No one's talking to you. Everyone's trying to kill you. You don't know who's friend or foe. You don't know yeah. what's a, a an imminent threat. And you, the audio cues, if you if you don't know what those audio cues are, that's really hazardous. And yeah. you're going to learn. But unless you're dedicated into wanting to play a pirate game, it's going to really turn some people off yeah. because they don't understand. Like we actually just had a new audio cue from Johnny V put into the game where you scope down your spyglass and look at a skeleton ship. And when you pull out, you get this audio cue, but gullible gambit, myself, a bunch of other people had no clue what we were hearing and why we were hearing it. And it wasn't until we got on Twitter and had it confirmed by people that it was right, like, Oh, it's a skeleton ship. Yeah. That's what it is. And yeah, you run into that situation all the time with sea of thieves where you're, you're constantly trying to work out, what's happening in the game because nothing nothing explicitly tells you what that is so you start getting that kind of like hearsay here and there and that's that's cool when it's like how does the kraken come right how do you how do you deal how do you deal with a kraken or or you know what what causes a, a skeleton ship to pop up you know that's cool but when it's an audio cue and the game is i would say very de very dependent on audio cues it very that much can be so. disconcerting yeah um I, yeah yeah i mean it's it's big it's a lot the game is not easy to navigate um you have to be somebody who is resilient and who handles frustration well and who's willing to tease out problems on your own you know the people who want a clear objective um or, or a clear even like power ladder it's definitely not going to be a game for you it's not it's not designed for that i mean even even the people that i know that are like well i I beat the game. You beat the game? Like, are we playing the same? Yeah. Are you playing the same <laughs> game? Because there's no like end thing to this game. Well, and then it just got boring because there's nothing left to do. I'm like, well, this game is kind of driven by your imagination. So if you're needing the game to drive the play, you need to go find another game. Like this game is based on on player driven experience. If you can't get in here and turn this into your playground, then yeah, you've probably picked the wrong title um, or be one of those people that comes in for every content update, play the update and then leave. Like it's, um, and that's not a wrong way to play it. Um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's not, the game's not for everybody and that's fine. Like no video game is, is for everyone. Um, 
and and definitely not Sea of Thieves. It's doing something really different, um, and I love it. And when I saw that it was coming out, I was so excited because it was doing something that was so different. Like it had definitely decided to think outside the box, and and be something new. And I'm I'm really glad, you know that. Rare had the balls to do that because it it could have tanked, um, and it was a rough first year. I mean, all the all the press that that came out of that year was was not glowing. Um, yeah, you know, people had to take a long time to wrap their head around what it meant to have this open world sandbox ship simulator esque sort of like what is it? What do you mean? There's no power progression. What do you mean? There's no you know it it. Yeah, it, it people were, people really didn't understand just yeah. the 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 concept of there's no growth to your yeah. character except reputation and prowess. Like the 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 power you get comes directly from your understanding of the game, and yeah. that's it. And that's it. Yep. The only yeah the the only way you can beat someone is if you outplay them, and that is that is one of the few things that I think a lot of other people. They, they, I feel like other games that don't have this aspect um, are are playing or giving players a crutch because yeah. they they see the light at the end of the tunnel and they see this power creep that they can get for and they can get all the attachments for their guns and they can level up their powers and they can out level the the content and you know they can go in uh, and and other games have taught them that you know if if you can't outskill it just outpower it yes. you know if you if, yeah. you if you beat your head against the wall enough times you're going to break down the door and Sea of Thieves is not like that like yeah. you you really have to understand I think um was it yesterday no it was the day before uh i was sailing with a buddy and we were in a sloop and we we went over to the spire in the middle of the sea because someone had dropped off a reaper's chest and we knew it was a trap and we were looking forward to it and as soon as we got there we looked for the chest i couldn't find it but at the time we had sailed through a, a skeleton fleet and it had aggroed us so my buddy who's really good uh was fighting off two ships and i was like i still can't find this thing he's like all right and i'm like do you want me to come back he's like yeah you might as well so we came back sure enough a brig sailed to us and we figured okay those are the guys that set the trip they were just lying in wait waiting for us to come find it right and these guys felt like they were taking a break from cod and wanted to come kill some pirates yep and be 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 the bro pirate so it's like all they three guys on a brig um two of them kept trying to board us and snipe us and uh eventually we outsailed them whilst dealing with a skeleton fleet like we had a we sunk the we sunk the sloop and we gathered up the treasure while fighting off a galleon and the the brigantine player crew yeah uh, and then we went and we tried to sink the um the actual brig because we knew like all we had to do was put enough holes and fire on the ship to the point where they wouldn't be able to manage it because they were too busy trying to shoot off and climb our ladder and board us where right. we, we could defend boarding fairly easily because we're both really well really experienced and eventually another sloop came in and started firing on the brig. So <laughs> the brig started dealing with two sloops. The sloop actually went to the spire, found the chest, and took it to Reaper's hideout um, and turned it in while we went for the galleon mm -hmm. uh, and finished up the skeleton fleet because it was on the last ship. And we got way more treasure out of it. But it's, it's like situations like that. 
I, I can't imagine a new person coming into it and trying to deal with that. No. But I understand that the, the people that come into this probably want to come into it from the aspect of it being kind of like a comfort food game where yeah. you're coming to hang out and chill and, and just relax and have some fun and not play it too seriously. But it's, well, it's I mean, and you see that ultimately that divides the community. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. with you know those of us that have that have been playing from day one, you know you've you've got a certain group that really love that PVE aspect and and don't want any part of the PVP. And the fact that the game is a PVPVE presents challenges, um, both for new players and for existing ones. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what that ship on the horizon is is going to do. And and like a friend of mine. You know, she just started playing and she she got done streaming and she's like, I got sunk. But then they came back and they felt bad for me because they realized I was new and they helped me. And I'm like, well, see, that's Sea of Thieves right there. You know, you've yeah. you've got this horrible, gnarly, scary combat. But then at the same time, a lot of our community realizes when you're new. And so they felt bad and they came back and they, you know, they sailed with her for a little bit and, and helped her out. Um, you know, you never know. Um, yeah, but that's it's, it's true. part of the charm of the game for me is, you know, there's days that my dad and I log in and we can sail for three hours and we see ships on the horizon, but everyone's minding their own business. And, and then there's other days where you're just like, oh my God, stop chasing us. <laughs> and, you get, yeah. and you get sunk and you sink other people and it's just a constant, you never turn anything in because it's just a constant battle from the moment you start to the moment you end. But, but then the next mm-hmm. day it's, somewhere in between so it, it that that player interaction makes the game a different experience every time you log in it and that can't be said for a so, lot of games like it's not the same yeah it's true yeah it, it's it's usually a lot more cut and dry with yeah. pretty much every other game you you can play on the market um and and to, to kind of speak to your experience there's two things i wanted to touch on um you you spoke about how a lot of the way that you play is audible um how do you deal with the the it's hard to it's hard to kind of talk around this but how do you deal with being a woman on the seas uh <laughs> when you come across other crews uh, um it's just being a woman in gaming period is hard uh there's really no way around it it's it's one of the issues that comes up the most in conferences when you're talking about introducing esports into the school system it's why a lot of people are are shy of introducing it to middle school and and elementary school it's something that i run into when i when i talk to kids when i sub um you know it's a very early age that a lot of boys decide that women don't belong in gaming i find that i hit that wall at third grade uh, and wow. it just gets harder from there um, to get through that mentality that, that we don't belong. Um, I feel like Sea of Thieves overall is probably one of the most welcoming gaming communities I have been in and probably one of the most respectful. Uh, I am very hesitant about using game chat in Sea of Thieves, which is unfortunate um, because it it definitely makes the experiences so much better but i Mm -hmm. stream and i know that being a female uh especially being live on air it it can go bad so quickly um you know my dad and i have definitely experienced some pretty uh just extremely graphic vulgar 
um, exchanges and so have you know when I've sailed with some of my female friends in the evening um, some of the stuff we've run into has just been ridiculous and, you know, I mean you do what you can you 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 capture and you report and you hope that that somebody does something um, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard I mean it's changing like it's definitely better than it was you know like three years ago um, but it's slow yeah like it's slow. Oh, yeah, I, I, yep. <laughs> she wandered in. Um, uh, hi, Coraline. I know it's it's ridiculous, and they should really be better. Guys should just be better in general. I agree. Um, but yeah, so I, I was kind of wondering, like you you talked about uh, being able to report, and I think that one of the things that I think a lot of people should keep in mind is if you do run into that kind of harassment online, please report it because the only way it's going to stop is if repercussions start coming. Yeah. And I think the great thing is rare has been very, um, are you there? Yep. Okay. Rare has been very, uh, proactive. Like they've, they've made a lot of, you know, very public statements about what is or isn't appropriate within their community as, as far as behavior. And a lot of games don't do that. And they also present their game in a way that is very respectful, um, to, you know, I, I would say, all the different representations of of gender like it's um it's a game that allows you to be who you are you know in in a lot of ways so you've got a development company that doesn't automatically make you feel other where some development companies you know you're playing a game and you're you're going off into battle in your metal bra and your high heel thigh highs and you're like okay great yeah yeah this company is really going to care if somebody's objectifying me in a game because they're already objectifying mm-hmm. me in the game like yeah uh you know it's, yeah, a, it's true it's a very male-centered industry still it's it's slowly changing you know there's, there's definitely people out there that are doing what they can um but it's hard you know, I, I understand why a lot of people I know don't use game chat and it's unfortunate, but you've got to be ready to switch out of it unless you want to deal with, you know, <laughs> the junk that can sometimes come through the airwaves. But again, it's not as yeah. bad as playing um, like COD. Like I, I definitely found Call of Duty to be much more aggressive. Like there's... there's- the most fun I've had playing Call of Duty, uh, especially Modern Warfare with friends, is when I'm in Discord with my friends and I have literally muted every single other voice <laughs> possible. Because yeah. yes. I, I hear what they say to, I hear what my buddies say to uh, the other people, and some of them are, are throwing out stuff, and I'm like, really, dude? Do you, do you feel like you really want to say that to them? Yeah. Like, you're the. You feel like down in your soul, you're the one that wants to to be reflecting that same thing back to them. And then it's like uh, in my mind, I'm like thinking, you know, that like we, we should try to not engage with that whenever yeah. it happens. Because if you if you feed the beast, the beast gets bigger. And- well, it becomes norm. I mean, and that's that's what it yes. is. It's It becomes a cultural norm. And then you'll hear it, it comes up. Well, that's just gaming. Like, well, no, I'm sorry. That's that's yes. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason that is just gaming. Like it doesn't have to be this boys club. That's horribly abusive to people. We, we don't have to be that way. You know, you, most of my experience with gamers is that generally speaking, gamers are 
are there to help each other out. Like we're, we are a friendly group. We are very socially driven. We bend over backwards to help our buddies. You know, there's no reason our community needs to be toxic. Um, yeah. it, it really it, doesn't. That, that bravado doesn't need to be there. You know, you can be a gracious winner. You can be a gracious loser. You know, just because you lost doesn't mean somebody was hacking. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. 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 Or or it was just a difference between Xbox console yeah. controller play and yeah. mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Which kind of getting back on topic, uh, Adventure out. has crossplay opt yeah. out. So. Um, you predominantly play on Xbox, if I'm if yep. I'm right, correct? Yep. I play on Xbox. How do you f- I have never. I don't want opt out. Um, I don't not want it. I realize that there are people out there who feel very strongly about it, and for them, I'm I'm very happy that they have this ability to opt out because I know people have felt really really strongly about it. Um, I don't need it. Um, I've played with a lot of people that are PC players. I run into people that are PC players, ran into people that were PC players the other night and they completely cleaned my clock. Um, but I I don't, I run into people that hack periodically. And, and you know when you run into somebody that's hacking because the things that they're doing should be impossible. You shouldn't be able to one-shot me on full health with a blunderbuss from the other side of an island. Like that shouldn't <laughs> be able to happen. So if you're doing yeah. that, I'm going to call hack and and you they will always get back. Well, you know blunder blunderbusses can one-shot you. I'm like, "Yeah, at close range." Like, here. Yeah. I need a spyglass to see you. That's we're not no. Um you know most do they have an advantage? Yeah, absolutely they have an advantage. Um but it's, it's not arena. It's adventure. Do I occasionally mm-hmm. get murdered? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't feel that I need to remove myself from that experience because it's not every time I load in. You know, it's it's periodically I run into, you know, that one PC ship that just murders me. Um, so I, yeah. How do you how do you feel about the the messaging uh, behind this? Because the the only indication I've seen in game, if I'm not taking a look at outside updates, because I'm I'm going to be honest. There are other games that I play that I don't follow the patch notes for, and I yeah. rely on just learning as I get into the game. And if you I don't, feel like if if you don't follow the patch notes, you don't know it exists. Um, yes, because my dad. The only yeah, my my dad logged in. My dad sets up stream. Um, or sets up the ship for stream, and and I asked him, "I'm like, did you you made sure that we're playing with everybody, right?" And he's like, well, "What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it's buried in settings." Um, so if you mm-hmm. don't follow the patch notes, you're not going to know. Like it's, it's one of those things where I feel like everyone. There were like two responses. It was it's going to kill the servers because nobody's going to do crossplay. And then there's like, well, <laughs> you know, it, it has to happen because you know all the horrible PC players. The reality is the bulk of the population that plays the game I don't really think stays up to date with patch notes or dev updates because. I certainly know when I run into them, they have no idea what's going on with any of that. So they don't know <laughs> they're in it. They have oh, yeah. no idea that it's been, it's been added. Um, 
Yeah. So to, to just kind of give people an idea, if if you want to be able to play with just Xbox players, and this is something I've talked about in previous uh, episodes as well, too, in the settings, there is an option that you can turn off your preference uh, or turn on your preference yeah. to just play with Xbox console controller players, not even just Xbox mouse and keyboard players. Cause just controller, it, yeah. Yeah, the closer the closer we get to the Xbox Series X, I think the more uh, or, or more Xbox console players will start to realize that they're really just PC players. They're just adhering to this controller setting. Yeah. In their mind, because uh, the the architecture has been the same for a while now, and and we're just basically feeding custom silicone to console players at this point instead yeah. of buying outsourced products and stuff. So, I'm. I'm glad that this is an option. Uh, I know that there's there's one person on Twitter for sure that has been uh, adamant about how crossplay should be like it should be split already. Like you shouldn't even you should have to opt in to join with um, with with PC players if you're playing on Xbox. See, and I and I think that goes against everything that Rare has stood for with this game. Um, it's publicly it's true. speaking, it actually so has. it this game shouldn't be designed like that the fact that they've allowed an opt-out is great um but to say that it should be the other way around is is completely out of line with the design progress of this of this game yeah um and i i honestly feel like uh, at, at at this point in the game's life cycle uh the player base is now large enough that I feel like you can support having the opt-out and not run into a scenario where you're constantly shifting servers because players are dropping in and dropping out and you're you're being moved over to new Azure servers. Yeah. Uh, you can you can reliably jump into adventure if your Xbox opt-out and have a full server and fairly certain not have to worry about getting shifted to a new server uh, too frequently if if players drop in and drop out and stuff. Yeah. So and if I, they had done this at launch, I think that would have been a, a big a different uh, issue. I think it would have been yeah, I think it would have been detrimental. Um, I am really curious. I'm hoping that the people that have lobbied for opt out and who are selecting opt out consistently, I would really love to hear from them in a month or two to see if it has brought the experience that they've wanted. Um, because I am curious to see if it really is going to fix the issues that have existed for them um, to a degree mm -hmm. that, that they're really comfortable with. Because, you know, some of the stuff, um, you know, toxicity was one of the big issues that kept coming up. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I played with a lot of Xbox players and they can be really toxic too. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, what shifts they see and if it does end up giving them what they've wanted. Um, I, I, I hope it does but um, <laughs> it, it will it, it will for the reason that they have already been predisposed to believe that it's going to be a fair ground so like going into it they already know that any fight that they take was a matter of skill right because there's no way that there's any variance between a launch xbox and an xbox pro or an xbox one pro like there's there's no difference in their mind so clearly they were outplayed or they were they weren't uh, or, or they beat the other person purely out of skill and had nothing to do with the the, the difference in system specs um, because of course it all just comes down to your controller and the fact that the xbox um 
Oh, I just blanked on what the, the pro controller is called for Xbox. Like the Elite? I think it's just pro. The Elite. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. The, the, the Elite controller with its extra buttons and stuff has yeah. no impact on your ability to, to outplay someone on Xbox. It's a totally level playing field, of course. Um, of course, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was being, I, I probably came across a little too sincere there. That was all sarcasm. I was going to say, uh, I, I, yes. live with, I live with one of those controllers and yeah, mine, <laughs> mine just can't even like hold a candle to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's it, regardless of whether or not they, they, they could have put in a, 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 a thing, a big old display in the middle of your screen that popped in for Xbox controller players that said you were only playing with xbox controller players right now yeah. and yeah. they would go out and they would play the same exact way that they play now and still feel like they are coming across unless they sat there and paid attention to someone super spinning really quickly uh with 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 their mouse like i, I still see um jay pizzle still he his the way his sensitivity is turned up for his controller it's it's him and um a couple other people they turn really fast and i'm oh, like oh, i can't yeah. turn that fast yeah. with my mouse because of the 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 dpi setting that i have yeah. on my mouse it's really low so That's, it's like you could there are my son's insane on a controller he's insane on a controller he's ridiculously yeah. fast i mean he can he can take down people and and shooters on a controller um when everybody else is on mouse and keyboard um it just just depends on your your skill your ability to handle and and having a good controller um yeah that's why for me it was always like well yeah i mean there's certain key bindings and stuff that the pcs have and loading times are different but when it comes down to just being good like they're you know they're just just good <laughs> like people are mm -hmm. better than me and that's going to exist on on an Xbox only server or or mixed server. So I'm staying, um, but I am I am curious to see how this all plays out in the long run. So just like yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with the uh, the whole private server um, conversations that are happening. So I I'm looking forward to the private server stuff. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I don't think it will kill the game at all um i can't remember i think it was i think it was falcor that was talking about it on twitter the other day i was reading about how gta's had private servers for years and it's still one of the top selling games uh available for for all the consoles and stuff and and it makes sense i mean if you give people the opportunity to play how they want in in a setting that's that's for their own you can really start getting some really cool stuff out of a community that way well because i think you, it's great for content creation and i think that's where gta has excelled because people have been using that game um as the sandbox for content for years um Mm -hmm. And being able to go in, yeah, on your own or with just a select group a group of people allows you to take that world and use it the way you want for the content that you're creating. Um, I, I think to me it just depends on how it rolls out. Um, and I think my more concern is just what what drama it's going to cause as people deal with it rolling out um i mean i think it's great for it's great for content creation it's great for things like race of legends and you know all all the other big um you know kind of closed events that are happening it would be as an educator it would be fantastic um 
you know, I, yeah. I think teachers would be much more inclined to use Sea of Thieves if you had the ability to bring, you know, your classroom or groups of, of kids into uh, a closed server. Like that, that takes a, a lot of the threat out of the game as well as it takes a lot of the prep out of the game. Um, so you could use it. Not to mention the, the toxicity too. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, and... it's why you can't, you, you, you couldn't use it um, right now. I mean, you could, mm -hmm. but you'd have to be really careful. Uh, yeah. You'd have to turn off, like, being able to see people's chat or text chat. You have to make sure that everybody's in, in party chat. Um, like, it's a process to be used now. Um, yeah. but That was a, one of the things I, I liked about the Maiden Voyage was the Maiden Voyage was a sectioned off sandbox yeah. that would be great for for tossing your 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 kid in you know toss a, a five-year-old yeah. with a controller into the maiden voyage and just let them have fun like oh, they absolutely. can't do damage to themselves they can't interact with anyone else they can go run around and live in this beautiful little island world with no cares and then when they're ready and they feel comfortable they can get on the ship and head out into the seas and start dealing with the the, the megalodons and the ships and the, see all the the cool events and kind of have that theme park ride down the, the down the channel towards the the actual seas. Yeah. And you know, having private servers would would be in my mind the equivalent to what Assassin's Creed Odyssey did uh, or was it Odyssey? Uh Oh, Origins? I think it was was it Origins that has the education Origins. mode? Yes. Yeah, yeah the yeah, absolutely. the Egyptian setting. Uh, yeah, that needs to be more of a thing in my mind. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that would be absolutely. amazing to to be able to play around with. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds. It'll be it'll be cool. Yeah. It'll it'll be regardless of how people will push against it, the 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 outcome will be better for the community because you can start building machinima and stories out of it. You yeah. can have public and private events. You can do charity events without fear of having to farm up ships in a server beforehand. You can have discord parties where you can get everyone onto a ship and have a friendly battle and then go drink about it later in the tavern. Like the things that I think the, the, the kind of circles that people have created and the communities that they've built up uh, on their own for their own branding or, or just who they like to play with having a private server will serve them for doing the things that I think rare at the start of, of when they be began developing this game wanted to bring right. to the world. And now that we have everyone, it's, it's no different than when content creators get larger, the larger you get, the, the broader scope you have and the more people that you run into that don't like you out of principle, not because of what you do or right. what you say, but just they don't like you and they'll they'll hit like the dislike button just for the sake of hitting the dislike button just to spite you. And that's kind of how when you get to 10 million players, yeah. you start noticing this trend of, of players on the seas that are out there just to, to antagonize and, and, and troll people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so having... Private servers, I think, will will help eliminate some of the frustrations that come as a result of dealing with people who aren't living in the spirit of the pirate code. Right. And with that, I think that's a good note to end the the, the episode on. Um, Chuck Muju, thank you so much. I, I this is something I've I've wanted to bring you onto the to the show for a while. Um, it, it was weird that it happened as a result of of you having to deal with what what actually happened. Did you did the the washing machine? <laughs> I, no, so the the water line to my 
toilet in my hallway broke. And so, <sighs> yeah, so it basically was just, you know, like in cartoons when the hose like is turned on full blast and it's just waving in the air. That literally no. was my bathroom. Um, yeah, it was oh. great. Uh huh. It was a long night, and oh, every towel, every towel is actually still sitting out outside drying. I need to actually wash those and put them back. Yeah. Oh gosh. It was super yeah. So, <laughs> really, really weird circumstance. I'm I'm sorry that it happened, <laughs> but I'm glad that it, it sparked uh, the discussion of actually having you come onto the show because it's it's been a pleasure talking with you. And yeah, it's been fun. Hopefully, um. I would love to to have the opportunity to to get you back on the show again uh, at, at any other time that you want to um, talk about gaming or talk about kids and uh, maybe if if we could get a time where we can actually sit down and talk about how other teachers who are across the world might want to do something that you're doing and boot up their own little group for kids to start learning about either social media and gaming or gaming and streaming or just a, a critical analysis for games or even game design uh like how you kind of got started with that I, i'd love to dive into that and give it some some due uh diligence and, and some time um where we can kind of talk about that kind of thing and, and hopefully helping other people do what you're what you're what you've been doing for quite a while yeah i would love to anytime you just let me know i will definitely make time for that very cool. Awesome. Uh, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you loved it. If you want to get a hold of Chalk Muju uh, the way that I did, she is over on Twitter at the Chalk, C H O C, Mu, M O O, Ju, Jo, J O O, which is just chocolate, chocolate milk, right? It's just chocolate milk, yes. <laughs> just chocolate. It's my favorite beverage next to eggnog. It's a good I one. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, as, as always, if you guys ever want to send in feedback or anything like this, um, I am probably going to go back in because I know I got some feedback uh, this the last week because I asked you guys for player immortalization or themes and I want to make sure I dive into that. So uh, I'm going to pause and then I'll be right back. <laughs> Ahoy there, pirates. If you're listening to this, it is the actual end of the interview that I had with Chalk Muju, but I wanted to make sure that I was doing my due diligence and listening, or not listening to you, well, listening to you kind of, but hearing your feedback and making sure that I address it in each episode because your feedback matters to me. So you told me what your immortalizations were going to be. I had a few people reach out to me this last week, and I wanted to let you guys know uh, what I thought of them. So X-Ray Lex uh, wrote in and said that Legend of Sea of Thieves Immortalizations, I think I would be a rock. Just a random rock for the fact that I like to spread humor and sarcasm to the Sea of Thieves world and get a mention by John on every dev stream. And X-Ray Lex, I, I agree. I think that would be actually really funny if you were just a random rock and you knew that you were that rock, but you would have to let everyone else know what that rock meant to you. Uh, we also got in some other ones. It says, Good day, Captain Logan. Uh, this is from Zack Attack. I love hearing you talk about the mortalization update coming on Wednesday. The devs have done a fantastic job putting Easter eggs in the game to commemorate players who have given so much to the community in a lot of different ways. If I was ever going to have my own, uh, or one of my own, I want it 
my pirate's name, Swashbumbling Bill, etched into the side of a normal rowboat washed up on a beach with a broken cutlass, because I'm notoriously horrible with PvP. If the broken one at Mermaid's Hideaway could be restored, that would be ideal. Mermaid's is my favorite island in the game and plays a big part in my pirate's backstory. Take care on the sea, Captain. Zack Attack. Uh, I know you said that you didn't that I didn't necessarily need to read this in the podcast, but I thought it was a great one because Mermaids has actually got quite a few on there. And if you haven't gotten a chance to go over to Mermaids Hideaway, I would definitely recommend it because there were a few over there that I actually didn't know about and or forgot. Uh, I got another one in too. Captain Logan, in June, my wife joined me at the rank of Pirate Legend. Congratulations. To celebrate the occasion, I posted a nice picture on Reddit uh, of our pirates celebrating in full Pirate uh, Legend gear. The link is down below. I will actually put that into the show notes if you want to take a look at it. I'm sure we are not the first Pirate Legend couple, but... The picture created a solid buzz on the subreddit, with lots of Redditors sharing their stories of how they and their significant others sail together, and how we inspired them to keep going. To mortalize us, I would love to see two poles, side by side, with one a little shorter than the other, at the top of Smuggler's Bay, with the pirate legend hats hanging on the poles. Each of our gamer tags could be carved into our respective poles overlooking the Sea of Thieves from the most romantic point over at Snuggler's Bay. Love the show. Captain Carapace, gamer tag, Sea Key Trips, if you guys want to reach out and congratulate them on their achievement for both hitting pirate legends. And I think that was all of them. Uh, if I missed one, I'm sorry, hit, hit me up somewhere um, on social media and I will make sure to get it into next week's show. Uh, shout out to Socks with Sandals and Mending Mercy for sailing with me the other night. I uh, had a great time sailing with them and just kind of chatting about Sea of Thieves and immortalizations and uh, their their appreciation of what I do. I love I love them and I, and I love sailing with them whenever I get a chance and to anyone else that I get to sail with. I really love sailing with you all. It's it's a great pleasure. Um, I think that's it for everything else. Uh, Pirates, that's going to do it. Thank you again. I know this is kind of like a weird second ending to the show, um, but I, I love you all. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do it. You can always reach me at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. You can always email me in uh, a, a message or a story, first mates logs, immortalization things uh, at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Links are always in the show notes. I still have merchandise out there if you want to go buy Keelhauled discord uh, or Keelhauled podcast t-shirts it's got the logo for the podcast on there in white and black variants as well as mugs cell phone cases all that good jazz uh, and also feel free to join the discord uh, people come and go all the time as people find their groups and their niches um, there's always a group of people and I'm working on making the discord a little easier to look for groups uh, so that people can find find people to play with or at least know who's looking for a group and can message them uh, without necessarily having to put out like an open call and if anyone has any experience with that I would definitely appreciate it as I am kind of learning how to do this all on my own as I read and reach out to other people who have it in their discords Uh, shout out to Crotuck who I still want to get on the show 
And Pirates, thank you so much. We are closing in on the end of this month. Um, next month is going to be a pretty exciting month for me because it is going to be the two-year anniversary uh, for the podcast, I believe, because it's been one year. This will be the end of the two-year, and we'll be starting in on the third year of the podcast at the end of February. I've got some good stuff in store for that. And with that, Pirates, thank you so much. I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.